0: Welcome to the Firearms Trainers Podcast, part of the concealedcarry.com network of podcasts. This is season five, episode 21, published on July 25th, 2023. This episode, we'll be talking with the founders of the Unity Gun Club based in Ohio about what makes their group so special. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. So sit back, hit cruise control in your car, or get a pad of paper to take some notes to listen to this week's episode. This episode is brought to you by our friends at the FTA, the Firearms Trainers Association. Visit their website at ftaprotect.com to learn more about their instructor coverage offer and their competitive pricing. All certified instructors can apply for FTA coverage. And remember, for listening to this podcast, you can get 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. That's FTP10. Students come to instructors like us to learn new skills and to hone up on their existing skills. But wouldn't it be great if we could give them something to take home with them? to incentivize their training and track their progress? That's where handgundrills.com come in. On handgundrills.com, you can find multiple drills that students can use to track their progress with, but it's more than just that. It's a collection of the best drills in the industry that you can include in your classes for even a bigger impact on your students. Check out handgundrills.com to see what they offer, and don't forget to check out their affiliate program or Season 5, Episode 15 for more great information on what they offer. Bring this podcast support in the industry, Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor like you that's out there in America dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Today, we're joined by EJ, Willie, and Andre. Welcome, gentlemen. And I appreciate you making time tonight for our uh, podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us glad to be here thank you yes yeah. indeed looking forward
0: to the conversation <laughs> yeah, before before we jump into the uh, questions for tonight uh, can uh, each of you give us a little bit of your background and what you do in the 2A community and we'll start with uh, Willie since he's down in the lower right hand corner of my screen and then Andre and EJ
2: all right well Rob it's a delight to be here and join the conversation this evening uh, I'm retired from a local liberal arts university after about 40 years of service and with regards to the uh, 2A community, I am all about safety and education. Uh, I recently also finished up a stint working at a gun store, and it was an absolute delight to meet and greet individuals from novice gun owners and enthusiasts to seasoned veterans uh, with regards to collectors and sports shooters. Uh, All in all, the joy of gun ownership for me really relates to just building my skills sharing whatever skills I can, I can uh, deliver to others that are beneficial. And most importantly, just the sport shooting aspect of understanding or trying to understand really, uh, the aspects of ballistics, the aspect of trigger pull, the aspect of grip and how all of that factors into a delightful time on the range. Mm -hmm. Definitely.
1: Andre. All right. Uh, My name's Andre. Um, I was in the Marine Corps for six years. And thank you for your service. Oh, well, thank you. I never really know how to answer. So thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. <laughs> um, I was in armor, so I fixed guns. Um, I had never shot a gun before I went in the Marine Corps, uh, but being around guns and just the 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 feel and the power, and getting to learn them and dig into them and fix them. Kind of got me going. Then when I got out, I didn't really do a whole lot. Um, I ended up uh, getting my concealed carry here in Ohio, and uh, I was in the class, and I'm thinking this is pretty cool. I could maybe I could teach this class, but it didn't go anything. Didn't do anything from there. I got married, and I told my wife that she had to get her CCW. So I'm sitting in the class with her and the instructor in the class was this lady and she was doing a great job and while she's going through it, I'm just thinking if she fell over dead right now, I could teach this class. I'd have to step over her, but I could teach the class. (laughs) Um, and that's kind of what got me started to wanting, wanting to teach. Also in that same class, there were 30 people, not including myself. Um, there were 15 men, 15 women, there were 15 white people and 15 black people. So it was pretty even. Uh, when we get to the range, the instructor broke down people into who had firearms experience and who hadn't, and the majority of the black people did not have firearms experience. Then that's really what made me want to uh, to become an instructor, uh, because it was it was disheartening to see that that many people, black people didn't have any firearms experience and I wanted to help black people get more into firearms and maybe they would accept it coming from another black person. Um, the firearms are for all of us, not anyone race or gender or whatever. They're for Americans. Uh, I support the two A, and I want everybody to, to know about it. So that's why I kind of got into instructing and that's a story. Yeah. Over to you, EJ.
3: Uh, well, I'm EJ from Southern Ohio. Um, I got into firearms because uh, my cousin, he had a Glock 30 short frame, um, and he wanted me to shoot it. I shot it. I loved it. Um, even though, I I will let you know, I used to be scared shitless of firearms. So, uh, But he had it. We went to my dad's backyard. We shot it. I fell in love. Bought the same gun myself. <laughs> um, carried it for years, um, with my CCW. And now I look back on how I carried it, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but my, my CCW expired. I ended up taking another CCW class. I didn't know you, you didn't have to take it again. Um, and, but for some reason I fell in love with firearms at that point. Um, I fell in love with firearms. I fell in love with about, um, uh, with educating people on firearms. And I told myself I was going to become an instructor so I was like, I don't see black instructors. I know I'm going to make buku money. Doing <laughs> Little did I know there are hella black instructors. We just don't typically have land for each other to to teach at. So, um, but when I went to become an instructor, that's where I met Andre, um, and then uh, I met Andre and Kenny. And then, um, even though we, th- I thought I was good then having people to converse about firearms and different scenarios and firearm education and all that other stuff made me realize how terrible at firearms I really was. And so ever since then, we've always sought, you know, higher education when it comes to firearms, shooting, safety, all that stuff. So just want to continue my education and get better.
0: Well, I wouldn't, I, I never go along and say somebody's terrible. I just tell them there's a lot of room for improvement. Uh, we, you know, we, we can focus on the important part of safety and then, uh, build it, build it up from there. But if, as long as there's room for improvement, then, uh, then, uh, it's good. Well, gentlemen wanted to go along and have you on the uh, podcast tonight because recently heard you on another, uh, podcast, uh, talking about your uni gun club and the uni gun club. I, I was struck by that was very interesting because you're trying to go along and not target just a specific niche but you're actually trying to go along and get everybody that you can into your gun club which I think is really good because as instructors you know we're trying to go along and educate everybody and as long as it's everybody it it works for it. Right. so could you tell us a little bit about why you started begin with you know Unity Gun Club because there's obviously other gun clubs out there currently but what 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 makes uh, Unity so special
3: Okay, so um, should I give the whole story?
1: Give the whole story, leave out some of the names.
3: I thought you was going to say that. (laughs) Um, We'll cut you off
0: if you go too long, EJ, okay?
3: (laughs) I'll try to keep it short. Uh, And I I won't mention names, Andre. So um, I went to that second um, concealed carry class that I told you about here in Columbus. And um, I met a gentleman there who was um, the president Mm -hmm. of another gun club. And, um, at the time I was married to a white lady and I, something told me to ask him a question. So I asked him, I said, you know, my wife is white. Is she going to be able to be in this club? I don't know what told me to ask that question, but it was in my gut. So I had to ask her. So I, I asked him and he shook his head. No. And I was like, well, shoot, if my wife's not, not able to be involved, I'm not able to be involved. So, um, after that, after, after after that class is when I decided that I wanted to teach myself. Um, I met Kenneth. Me and Kenny was closer than I was to Andre. I think I talked to Andre a little bit during our instructor's course, but I mainly talked to Ken. I think Kenny was my partner for the most part, most part. And um, so we talked about I wanted to start my own gun club because I couldn't join that other gun club. And he was like, So you were the one that they were talking about in the meeting. I was like, what? He goes, they brought you up during that meeting. I'm like, shut up. So he told me the story. I told him mine. And so then we decided that we was going to start our own. And Andre was always there because I think him and Kenny kept pretty good contact prior to that. And then um, we had a meeting. And the whole idea was we wanted a black gun club, but we wanted a black gun club that was accepting of anybody. Um, we wanted a core of black folk because we wanted to reach out to the black community, uh, because in the black community, there is a negative stigma when it comes to guns. People in the black community, for the most part, don't want black people to have firearms. There's too much negative negativity that go on with it. Um, so, you know, we wanted to educate that. But we're open to everybody. We don't want to turn anybody around color, race, religion. None of that, so anybody's able to come in and contribute.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the one thing I've always found is you know, there are people that are have their own opinions that they don't want to have guns, and that's their opinion, that's their their right to be able to do that. But the people that do want to go along and learn about guns, um, as long as they're going to be safe, then that's educate them properly. Because you know, a lot of those YouTube videos that are out there that people go along and shake their head over, um, I mean they're bad, you know, when people go along and how they handle, but those are also people, guess what, that we've got to be reaching out to, to educate. Because if we, as instructors aren't educating the people that need, need to be educated, then we're missing, you know, a large, large group of the population because we've all, we've all been there when the first time we picked up a gun and it's like, okay, which way do the bullets go in? And we laugh about it now, but honestly, I mean, <laughs> they're not, they're not right. obvious right. all the time and being, being you know whether you're you know I, I learned I learned in boy scouts how to, how to shoot a rifle to begin with um but you know I've had people 60 70 years old come to class that never shot before well if they've never been around guns and how would they know which way the bullet goes into the gun or into the magazine or how to go along and actually check and make sure you know the gun's unloaded you know I mean looking going down looking down the barrel like they do on the cartoons is not the way to go along and check to make sure the gun's unloaded but we see that in TV, you know, cartoons and on movies and everything else like that. You know, how many how many shows you see where you know the good guys or the bad guys are running around with their fingers on the triggers?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we know what can happen from Alec Baldwin, you know, if you're running around with your finger on the trigger. And th- those are the things that we really need to make sure people realize there is a way to mitigate those kind of kind of failings. So that's uh, really great that you guys uh do that, you know, open open to everybody. And again, uh, there's a lots of segments of the population that need assistance, and if we can reach out to them from an instructor standpoint to make them welcome in clubs, uh, whatever whatever their situation is, that's that's a positive for the two A community. You know, mm-hmm. plain and simple. For them. well, the Unity Gun Club, what do you guys do as as a club? Um,
2: I'll I'll take it, uh, Unity Gun Club, uh, absolutely awesome group. And to answer more directly to your question, Rob. Um, organize club outings, such as shooting, training opportunities, uh, assisting new members, assisting veteran members in developing their skill sets. There are shooting competitions that some of the members will participate in, which is absolutely thrilling and awesome. And the whole educational piece to you, the gun club, the exchange of information that goes uh, or that happens on, on our Facebook page, uh, as well as um, uh, in-person sessions, means for that person who has been shooting for a while and now is thinking about migrating to concealed carry, where do they start? You know, And it can be a pretty daunting task. So to have this collective um, energy of membership that can share real-world experiences of what it was like to go in and sign up for that concealed carry class What it's like to be within the class, uh, what you can expect to gain from the class. Once you've gone through all of that process, and let's say concealed carry is not even on your radar, but you just want a firearm for home defense, you know what should I get? Where do I go? What's the best tool out there? Um, Having that core group of individuals that you've built a relationship with, that you can bounce questions off of without judgment is absolutely essential, um, I think, to really building the energy of the club uh, at its core. Uh, so I think that's a long answer. but No, you of, you you're hitting them out the park, Willie. You got yeah, them. Keep it. Uh, but, you know, for me, that's what feeds my energy of knowing that I can always turn to the men and women of Unity Gun Club with the question, uh, solicit feedback, and feel great at the end of the day. Yeah, cause,
0: cause the one thing I would add to that, um, I don't, you know, Andre being in the military and being an armorer and different things like that, I'm sure he can go along and tear down the machine guns and things like that blindfolded. But at the same time you go along and, you know, give him a Glock or give him a 1911, something that he hasn't been formally trained on very much. And it's going to be foreign to him. And that's mm-hmm. where there's probably somebody in your gun club or that somebody knows. That can go along and say, oh, if if you're having problems with the striker on 1911, you need to do this, this, or this for it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you you can fix it. But that's where having resource, nobody can know everything. And knowing, you know, having a place where you can go along and ask questions, bounce ideas, you know, even, you know, one of the things I always tell my students, you go along and you take a still carry class. That's great. That's step one. Step two has got to be to go along and really embody, you know, safe gun handling, making sure you've got a good holsters, making sure you've, you've got a good attitude about how you're carrying it because, you know, as I, you know, try not to scare them, but if you're ever forced to draw your firearm, that's going to change your life because you'll be like, you know, I was looking down the, uh, down my sights at a, you know, fill in the blank, you know, a girl, a boy, a man, you know, something, and I was, you know, one, you know, one, uh, you know, Trigger pull away from you know shooting them, and you know did you did you have that time that mental uh processing to go along and say hold on wait a minute that's a cell phone and not a, not a gun that they've got, or it, on the flip side of it did you recognize it was a gun you had to defend yourself versus going along and having normalcy bias to where you go along and say oh that's not happening this isn't happening and then you end up in the hospital or worse and those are the things that most concealed carry classes don't have enough time to go along and really help the students, uh, comprehend and, and get, get, you know, their minds wrapped around it because it's not an eight hour course to get your mind wrapped around something like that. That is, you know, probably several years worth of classes to really go along and understand, have the right attitude and then say, yeah, I could do what I need to do in order to see my family tomorrow, but I I know, you know, what, what it's going to take for doing that.
1: That's yeah, one of the- that's several years and a lot of role playing, a lot of mental Role playing, going into places, and what would I do if this happened? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm walking down this street and someone ran out from behind this building, how would I react? Um, because you you don't you can't get that, it's hard to get that type of training, so you have to give yourself that type of training just along the way, just in everyday scenarios, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one one of the things I re- I really like when people have taken several different Gun courses, they can be very good shooters. They are quick on the draw, but then you put them in a force on force situation and they've never really mastered the mind uh, side of things to decide, okay, at what point would I do something? Because if I'm a skilled criminal, I'm going to do everything I can to get as close as I can. So I'm going to be as successful as possible. And you being, you know, the innocent victim, you've got to go along and say, wait a minute, it's not when you're in my face, it's, you know, when you're, you know, twenty-one feet away, that I'm going to really start, you know, going into condition red and making sure you realize that I'm not going to be an easy victim, and maybe that'll deter you because I don't want to have to go all the way. I want you to decide go victimize somebody else,
1: right? Because I mean, the criminals they do this all the time. That's what they do. Whereas, and they're good at it. I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't been robbed. Like, not like straight up robbed. You know, maybe I've been pickpocketed and didn't know it or something, but I haven't been robbed at gunpoint or or been attacked uh like that. So it would be brand new to me. And the criminal has the total upper hand. They know when they're gonna do it, they know how they wanna do it, and we have to react to it. So the the further you could get ahead of that, the better off you'll be. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: It's difficult to to explain all that in an eight hour course, suspect like CCW, even outside of that, when you, when we teach like red dot courses or, you know, pistol, um, handgun one-on-one or introduction to handgun, like it's hard to get into that. And just like Andre was saying earlier, that, that mindset comes from years of studying years of taking classes, um, years of educating yourself. So it, it does take some time to do so. Like, um, you know, so I started taking jujitsu, you know, because of firearms. Um, I, um, who was a Jedi? Scott Jelinski was the one that got me, um, into wanting to take jujitsu. Now, mind you, I've been out for a little bit because of my back, but I love it. I love the idea of defending myself. If I, if I have to, like, I could do it with, I know I could do it with my hands. And then if I have to do it with my, you know, do it with my firearm. So, but you know, just like you said, this still takes more conditioning because, you know, I'm not shooting at a target anymore. I have to realize that I could really take out a person and I have to, regardless of whether it was justified or not, I have to live with that for the rest of my life.
0: Right. And, you know, you know, I always ask my students, you know, somebody comes on the baseball bat, you know, what are you, you know, is, is that a lethal threat to you? And they are, and everybody's shaking their head. Yes. And I said, what happens if it's a 10 year old kid? And they're, oh, well, that'd be different. It's like, this is where you got to go along, really train the mind. Because if I told you that 10 year old kid was, uh, 200 pounds, then all of a sudden it looks different than even if it was a 16 year old kid, it was a hundred pounds, right? right. And you change a few parameters around there, or, you know, what would happen if you were 70 years old and you were in a Walker and, you know, right. a hundred pound, you know, kid came up to you, you know, you, you know, you could be a lethal, uh, you know, threat to you. Just because of your 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 physical ability or lack of physical ability, and that's where you've really got to wrap your mind around it. Because as you said, we've got to live with whatever happens for it, and that that takes um, you got you got to take some conditioning on the mind to know, okay, this is what I'm going to do, and if I have to, you know, I'm willing to live with live with the consequences so I can be there for my family.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah, you, you know, have and, to be able to articulate that in a court of law.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> exactly. and uh, you know those are. Those are key reasons, those scenarios that you just cited, why I I personally feel one shouldn't be discussing uh, personal defense tactics, if you will, in a concealed carry class. It really should be focused around understanding what your weapon is all about, uh, understanding personal accountability, safety, all the basics that we train for when it comes to firearm safety. I'm a strong advocate that all of those scenarios of personal defense and safety should certainly be taught. in fact, I encourage people to go out and take the defensive handgun class. take um, a class that may be offered by a um, someone who specializes in criminal law when you look at all of those scenarios because it's mm-hmm. easy to get sidetracked if you're in that concealed carry class and you're talking about firearms. And then someone starts talking about various scenarios that have happened. Do I have the right to shoot? You can go off on a tangent, lose a lot of productive classroom time, a lot of very valuable training time uh, of understanding your firearm, just talking about the legal ramifications of your action.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that's never ending. That doesn't end. <laughs>
2: absolutely. And, cool. and, and Andre, uh, you were absolutely right um, in saying that it just takes years Of experience. Those are conversations that should be happening in all of our communities and have to be sustained and encouraged for people to understand the complexity of it all. And Mm -hmm. man, there's, it's getting even more difficult to come up with an absolute, right? Um, You know, unfortunately, Uh, my home was vandalized on several occasions over a series of weeks as the school year was wrapping up. Uh, My wife and I thought it was scenarios of high school pranks, but it seemed to be something other than because it also happened to a neighbor's home. Well, all of that said and done, we've now implemented security cameras. And one of the things I had a friend ask uh, that I shared that, yeah, I mounted cameras. He says, you know, if someone's breaking into your home, would you shoot through the door? And I said, um, no, I wouldn't. But that's a complicated issue. And he said, what do you mean it's complicated? They're they're breaking into your home. I said, yeah, I can replace that <laughs> door. And chances are they probably won't get through the door. But you know, am I going to shoot through the door at someone that I cannot see? He says, well, you have security cameras. I said, you know, that kind of monitors what's happening, but. What if that person is mentally unstable and have arrived at the wrong home? And Mm -hmm. the moment they enter my home, immediately looking at the surroundings, are all of a sudden aware of their mistake and just stop, right? Mm -hmm. And the threat is ended at that point. Um, And this is a conversation that one can get really deep into. For me, I'd have to wait it out and that's not to say I'm gonna let that person breach the door threshold. Yeah.
0: Well but for wh-
2: I have to treat that scenario in the context of when it's happening in real time. In yeah. other words, there's the aggression, I'm ready, and we see what happens from there.
0: Well I just uh shared a uh picture on the screen uh here on the zoom and my apologies to the listeners can't see this is what happened at my house Sunday night. 1130 at night and wow. a teenager with a mask on came up and decided to uh, bang my door loud enough that i really thought somebody was trying to break in
2: mm-hmm.
0: now in hindsight you know when i look at it and look back at the video everything along those lines guess what it looked it, it was pretty obvious it was a it was a teenager kind of prank but you can see from that picture mask on running up to the door. Yeah, it, It really, you know, uh, got my, my, uh, adrenaline going to say the least. So did uh, they
1: bang on the door and run away or they hit it hard
0: enough that I thought pretty much they were breaching it. Right. But then
1: after they did that, did they run away?
0: Yeah, they ran away.
1: Okay. But, you yeah, know, you, you go
0: along job. and, you know, I'm not staring at the cameras, you know, when that happens, I'm all right. I'm going into a defensive posture for it. Exactly. And, uh, that's one mm-hmm. of those situations to where I'm going to be using that in future classes to highlight that. Okay. I'm 99% sure teenage prank, you know, doing a uh, doorbell, uh, uh, ditch or something. Along those. Bitch. Yeah. <laughs> But at the same time, if I ever get a chance to talk to these uh, teenagers, I would go along and say, you know, doorbell ditch, one thing going along and trying to make it sound like you're trying to get in somebody's house, uh, is not a good thing to do. Yeah. You know, a lot, wow. lot of, uh, misconceptions can go through there. Mm-hmm. And that's one of those situations, even, you know, when the police responded and I went along and the door would have, uh, busted open for whatever reason. I mean you could have had a whole whole different situation there and again right. you know lucky nothing did happen but at the same time um I think as, as a teenager they never quite fought all the way through it and you know oh. my house um I've got a lot of stuff in it that I want to keep in the you know as what my my wife and myself you know just are are top list but you know, there's a lot of stuff here and that's one of those things where they probably were trying to just just have fun on uh, Father's Day weekend so yeah. Yeah. just one of those things that um I happened to me and I'm sharing because people really need to make sure they can process all the, all the stuff and not just, uh, you know, be dirty, hairy and, you know, make my day, do it and see what happens. It's like, nah, you got to think through it a little bit more than that because, uh, you're going to, you're going to be standing there in front of a judge or jury and they have all the time in the world to decide what's what, what went on.
2: It's a huge judgment call. Um, I, I, you know, I feel like as a homeowner, when faced with that situation, if faced with that situation, that you have the upper hand, if that makes any sense mm-hmm. um, because that person has no idea what's on the other side of that door, who's on the other side of the door. Um, it's 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 a it's a coin toss with regards to how one will react from mm-hmm. my standpoint, I am always defensive ready. And I'll
3: leave it at that. Yeah. All right, so so I know Andres laughing because he he knows what I'll probably get ready to say. So <laughs> there's two things that I kind of to, wanted to address there. Like uh, Willie, you said earlier that um, you want You feel like concealed carry classes should focus on concealed carrying. I I get what you're saying when you say that, but we're also preparing someone to go out and carry a pistol that could take someone's life. So we, there is some type of urgency that we have to relay to our students on laws. Like we can't translate the laws or, or interpret the laws, but we have to be able to speak on the laws outside of concealed carry. Because if I don't, they're not going to
1: take another class. Exactly. Very
3: few are. Yeah. Yeah. Very few are. You know I mean I got to teach someone that what happens after they shoot what happens before they shoot. So we have to go outside of the 8 hours that or 6 hours of mandated classroom instruction that Ohio gives and teach extra stuff because people come in and they come in ignorant and I'm I'm I don't want them to leave not knowing you know certain things. I, again, I can only teach so much, but I want to be able to give them an idea to make them think I want to, i here's, here's one of the things I like to do Mm -hmm. a lot. I want to give them so much information. First of all, they're getting a lot of information anyway, but I want them give them so much uh, information that they are inspired to go read up more study more because there is more than I got a gun. I'm legally able to carry it. Someone comes at me and makes a threat. Now I can shoot them. So we have to teach more. The Mm -hmm. second point, that I want to go on is there are conditions in which I would shoot through the door. And I know everybody gets on to me about this, but I'm telling you, there's a, there are videos. Like I'm not just going to shoot through the door right away. I'm, I'm just not going to shoot through the door right away. But if there are some conditions, if I know it's someone who's coming to get me or someone in my house, I might not be willing to wait. If I know they have something and they're coming in to get me, I might not be willing to wait. Now I know there's all these other things that could happen. I could shoot. It could hit my neighbors, blah, blah, blah. I get, I get all that. But if someone I know has something and they're coming in to hurt me and my family, I got five kids. I promise you, you're not breaching that door before you, you're not having a chance to breach the door. Like you can kick it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. If it's loud enough to where you're trying to breach it, I, I'm sorry. I'm gunning.
0: Yeah. Well, and the one thing I didn't tell you about my front door, Um, it's probably one third wood and two thirds glass. So I could, I could see out and they could see in very well. And that's where, yeah, it was, it was, it was just one of those things where I'm glad it ended the way it did, because if it would have went on or, you know, again, if they were to breach the door or done something along those lines, it would probably been a different story. Right. Uh And that's only five days old at this point. So fun stuff. Well, Hey. That kind of leads me into the, my next question. How do you guys recruit members to in order to reach out to them to you know get them into you know a little bit more understanding about what concealed carry is, how they should properly carry, you know what's their responsibility, how to do things safely around their family, all all those kind of questions that we've been bouncing back and forth on.
3: Andre, you want to do that? With me and Willie have been talking a lot. Yeah.
1: Well, um, what what we do, what I've done is uh when i go to the range there's always something or somebody that wants to speak or talk to someone or you just approach someone and just be friendly and i'll give them cards and explain the club to them and you know invite them to join today i took my oldest daughter to the range and uh as i was leaving the the guy behind the counter wanted me to shoot another customer's gun to make sure that it was doing whatever he said it was doing or whatever that guy got a card. You know, I talked to him about the club. Um, former students, uh, we speak with them and, you know, word of mouth a lot of times is how we will get people. It's not like we're out on the, club, out on the corner <laughs> actively recruiting, uh, but just people because you see them in the range, you know that they have a like mind. So they're a little more open, a little more receptive to uh, what we have to say and what we have to offer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, tr- they're trying to get better, you know, no like, matter yeah, you know, again, yeah, yeah. No, no matter how terrible their grip might be, or their, you know, their side alignments, they are at least on the range and they're at least trying to do things. And that's where a good instructor can help them, uh, you know, defend themselves. So I can remember one of the toughest people we ever had was uh, a guy who was in a wheelchair and he had problems holding the gun steady, mm-hmm. but at the same time, being, being handicapped, being, you know, having difficulties like that also made them a target because handicaps, no matter what your demographic is, are victimized more so than anybody else. If you've got two legs, why would a criminal want to go along and potentially, you know, pick on somebody bigger or somebody who can run them down and snatch back and get into a fight with them, where they can go along and pick on somebody who's in a wheelchair push them over and they can start screaming. You run away and everybody's going to run to help them to get back in their wheelchair. They're not going to worry about you running away. Um, you know, it's, it's just a sad fact criminals think that way. And that's where you, you know, helping the people be the best they can be, can be a real challenge at times, but at the same time, it can be really important, uh, for those people going forward.
3: Yeah. Um, I, I don't a, I don't think I go to a range without trying to help someone that i see there if i see someone that has a bad grip now if, I, if everybody there has a bad grip i'm not going to everybody but if i see one person that i feel like is struggling more than the rest i'll go to them and ask them if they you know want me to show them something um if i don't yeah anybody,
1: i'm a witness to that i've seen you do that a bunch
3: yeah i do it almost every time and then yeah. if i don't see anybody um that that i feel like needs some type of help then i at least talk to somebody i'll i'll go watch someone shoot and then have a discussion with them and then i get to talking about the club or whatever um like we don't try to pressure people we want people to come that want to learn and want to be active um we want people to come that want to have fun like we don't just get together and shoot um we get together you know we drink bourbon we smoke cigars you know we'll go bowling we'll watch movies together we do a lot of different things so it's, it's a community. Um, that's focused on on self-defense shooting guns and and being a community because if you're a community and you get everybody involved that leaves less room for bad guys yes
2: mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more and um, you know like ej um and um andre there. I practice that same thing, right? You're you're at the range. You're just talking with people. You strike up a conversation. Maybe you pass them a card. You tell them about the club. Uh, when I was uh, at work at the gun store, certainly had the opportunity in the ear of customers. And it was a delight to talk with a family that they were buying the first gun for their child. Uh, one of the dads I spoke with um, had a habit of buying a new 22 rifle when his kids turned 11 years old, you know, that was their, their gun. And they certainly were educated long in advance uh, prior to turning 11, uh, but now they have one of their own, right? So it was no longer the family's firearm, it was their firearm. When you have the opportunity to have those real world conversations and, and just meet and greet, you one, begin to build a rapport with the individual far beyond the aspect of Second Amendment. Uh, Two, once that rapport is established, just that person-to-person interaction, you're certainly there for the same reason. You're Mm -hmm. you're supportive of the 2A community. Uh, Otherwise, you wouldn't be at the range or at a gun store unless you're doing investigative reporting. That's a whole other podcast, perhaps. (laughs) But that aside, people really value when individuals take the time Not so much to show how much they know, but how much they care. And and I think for Unity Gun Club, that's the essence of of who we are. Uh, Starting with the caring, you know, EJ has an Instagram title of Big Bearded Gunner. I think it should be the Grip Whisperer (laughs) Uh, (laughs) because he's incredible when it comes to focusing and addressing the importance of Grip. And remaining on target and hitting that A zone. So uh, kudos to EJ. Uh, but more to the point, we are who we are because we make ourselves available.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Forgot to ask you this early on, but can you tell our listeners where you guys are located at? Where Unity Gun Club is?
3: Yeah, we're uh, centralized basically in Columbus, Ohio. Um, okay. But that's where we. That's where we. That's where abode. Our boat is. Yes. Good. You
0: and then you go to the ranges around uh columbus sir
3: um we go to um multiple ranges that are around here um we travel of course we've been to cincinnati um to shoot um and then our favorite place is in zanesville we go out to zanesville a lot too that's an hour away, but it's like disneyland out there so we go there all the time <laughs> is that thunder yeah. valley
0: that you
3: go to Not thunder valley um, okay. right
0: Okay, Briar Rabbit's good good also.
2: Yeah, and it's good to hit various spots because each of those locations gives you a different experience, right? Uh, Whether you have long-range targets, you're shooting paper, you're shooting steels. maybe you visit an indoor range and you have the opportunity of targets that kind of move and articulate and change uh, placement up and down that sliding rail as well as flipping towards you and away from you. Um, So having the opportunity of those various experiences, I think, enhances skill development, first and foremost. And it also allows people to step outside of their comfort zone because it's easy to become complacent if you're visiting the same range all the time and you're doing the same thing. Uh, So when we challenge ourselves, we're destined to grow without a doubt. Definitely.
0: Definitely. Really good information there big question uh for you guys how can instructors get involved with uh Unity Gun Club or if they're not around Columbus Ohio how can they get in uh get in touch with you I guess to you know maybe mirror what you guys have done uh for a club around their their place
3: we all have uh social media um, we have our individual social medias um Unity Gun Club has its own Instagram its own Facebook you know labeled um, unity gun club our website unitygunclub.com Um, we definitely have places people can reach out ask questions um, want to get involved you know we're always here um, and we're always posting i think we post more on our individual um, social medias but uh, we try to you know transfer that over into unity and or at least tag each individual there too
0: okay and i will make sure that the Links to, uh, to those different, uh, social media accounts and website are in the show notes for everybody's, uh, references in case they want to reach out and, uh, find out more about uni gun club or potentially doing a uni gun club around them. Cause I think it would be really cool if there was uh unity among everybody, you know, from north to south and east to west, that would be a very cool thing to have uh, for sure. Because, uh, we definitely have got more in common than we got differences.
1: That's
0: right Okay, hey, our big question for the, for the podcast that everybody waits for. Can each of you name an event class or place that you think that 2A people should go or do sometime in their lifetime?
2: Okay, okay. I am partial to camping. Um, and and I love going remote. Uh, in this case, uh, pretty soon in about three weeks I'll be heading to Pennsylvania near Warren, Pennsylvania to camp in an Allegheny National Forest, about 300, actually, it's a little over a 1,000. It's a little over 300,000 acres of forest. And I say that because it allows you to remove yourself from everything that you know that represents comfort, from running water to the ease of getting food, to building a fire, to erecting shelter. And of course, I certainly take my firearms with me when you're that remote. But it also allows you uh, that camping excursion, so remote, it allows me to really focus more on myself. Um, When you start to eliminate all the sometimes distractions of comfort, it allows you to focus deeply on who you are, who you're being, and how you're being. Uh, So when I'm in that space, I'm able to hone in on the importance of some things that are very simple, such as personal safety. Now, I mentioned about a firearm, but often we take it for granted when we're just kind of walking through spaces that there are no dangers around us. When I'm in the woods, I realize that I'm just as much prey as a small fluffy rabbit to say a large cat. So it's being aware of my environment. I'm mm-hmm. existing in that space. Um, encourages me to just always use all of my senses so for gun enthusiasts get into camping you'll love your firearms even more and by god you'll love this beautiful country
0: (laughs) definitely that that was good really good (laughs) hey andre how about you
1: oh okay so i've been thinking about a little bit and I don't know that if it, if there's one, if there's a thing that people can do per se, something like Willie, but or maybe it is. I don't know. So this is my thought. To truly free your mind, to open your mind to other people, other cultures, understand why they may do what they do or why they act a certain way. But you have to really open your mind. You can't come come at it from a perspective that you've always come at it from, because that's not doing anything. If I want to understand, I'll just put it out there. It's like a Jewish person or their their religion or whatever. I can't come at it from the way that I currently understand it, because I don't know anything. There's some things that I know, but when you go into situations thinking that you know, that's what you keep with you. So I think you have to empty yourself out as a vessel so that you could be filled up with information and ideals from other people. Then that way, I think we can really get along. uh, We can understand some things and realize that we are more alike than we are different. That's my piece.
0: That's good. Andre EJ, we'll let you wrap things up here.
3: Um, That question is, is, is deep like if you, when you, when you sit and think about it, it's it's a really deep question. Um, as far as one of the reasons I teach, um, one of the reasons I carry, um, I, I would say an African-American museum. Um, we, we, we had a discussion prior to, I think, I I think it was prior to recording how guns in the black community have a negative stigma. Um, there are a lot of black families who don't want guns in their households because they see what's on the movie. They see how some black people are um, uh, viewed in the media uh, to have a weapon and um, to to use it in a negative manner. So um, I I think a good place for someone to go it is African American community or a museum and understand the the history. Um, of America and how, at one point in time, black people weren't allowed to own firearms. Um, and then, even even out past that, once black people were allowed to own firearms, we as black people didn't want each other to own firearms. So, to learn history and and to be specific on firearms in the black community, I think would be a really good place for someone um, to go to understand and to you know get the knowledge that you know guns are
0: bad if guns were all were all bad then we would all get rid of them but we obviously see good in them and that's where you know to your point ej go to a museum and understand the history understand uh you know why we why we are what we are today you know why certain laws were passed all those types of things because it can um you realize that a lot of times guns guns aren't the problem it's the uh, politics behind it. True. You know? Look at this. And, uh, yeah, Willie really just changed his background to a, ca- a <laughs> campsite. Very, very nice there. Uh,
2: with the American <laughs> flag,
1: which I appreciate that. <laughs>
2: Every time I go, it's always with me. And as you can see from that night shot, it is fully illuminated.
3: Um, yeah, so man. There you go. you here. You're here, here. Just so the spiders can find you. I ain't going with you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay um where can people find more about unity gun club if they're interested in joining guys for a shoot or join the club all, all together
2: facebook's a great start um mm-hmm. that's where i found uh these gentlemen when i first heard about unity gun club searching online and uh just got excited uh they had a meetup listed and um and i showed up shook hands. Uh, it was a wonderful meet and greet. It was absolutely great. Uh, I
3: felt like a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: hmm
3: Yeah, we post, um, we post every time we started doing it more often because usually what we do is we just post on Facebook in our group that, you know, we're going, Hey, a week from today, we're going to have a shooting. Um, so what we started doing, I think this was Andre's ideas. We schedule shootings now. So we schedule them like, again two and three months ahead of time, give people time to plan, especially during the summer, um, let them know we're going to go shooting. And so the, I think the last, we got another shooting coming since we started doing this. We had uh, one new person show up um, last time. Um, and I think this next time we have a shooting, because um, I work at a, a large gun store here uh, in Columbus part time. Um, one of the guys that I work with, well, actually the first guy that showed up was a guy I work with, but we're going to have a new guy that's going to show up and wants to go shooting with us. So, um, yeah, so we always post on Facebook, what we go do. And then, um, on Instagram, unity gun club, um, we post there too. Um, I think i am probably post the most on my page for big bearded gunner. Um, but we do cross, cross it over to unity as well.
0: Very, very cool. And I will have those in the, in the show notes for everybody. Awesome. Gentlemen, I really appreciate your time tonight. Very insightful. You've got a very unique club and it's great to, uh, to hear about these clubs that are really reaching out to the community, to the gun owners, to help educate them and help make America safer, you know, through, you know, responsible gun ownership. So Appreciate, appreciate your time tonight, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on in the future, and I'm going to keep my eyes open. Maybe I'll join you for one of your shoots one of these days.
2: Oh Yeah, yeah we'll- do that. <laughs> Love to have you out, Rob.
0: <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. That's a wrap for this episode, and I hope what you heard from EJ, Willie, Andre will decide to share with your friends and maybe even go along and uh, reach out to some of your family and friends to give them a positive experience on the gun range. Also, can you do me a favor? Go to Google. Or Spotify and give us a five star review. This will help others people find us and also show how much value you receive from our podcast every week. To reach me about podcast topics or suggestions for guests, email me at ftp at Don't forget we have the Guardian Conference coming up on September 15th through September 17th in Oklahoma City. Check the link out in the show notes and we hope to see you out there. If you like our content, don't forget to check out our website. At farmtrainerpodcast.com, where you can search for topics from our over 200 episodes. Can you believe that? 200 episodes. Also, remember our sponsors, especially the Farm Trainers Association, FTA Protect.com, and check out their instructor insurance. Remember, as listeners, you can use promo code FTP10 for 10% off at checkout. We bring this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay safe, everyone.
1: Conceal Carry Inc. and concealedcarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.